Welcome to the HDFS Careers Podcast, the podcast featuring informal conversations with family science majors about their professional journeys. My name is Erica Jordan. Today, I will be sharing my interview with Erica Granter. Erica is currently a school social worker at a charter school in Columbus, Ohio. I reached out to Dr. Kathy Walker at Kent State University, and she connected me with Erica. Thanks for the recommendation, Dr. Walker. Erica earned a master's degree in social work from The Ohio State University. She also holds a bachelor's degree in human development and family studies from Kent State University. In this episode, she discusses how she found the field of HDFS and her professional experiences to date. As is true for all interviews on this podcast, Erica's views are her own as a private citizen and do not reflect the views of her current, former, or future employers. Please be aware that this episode briefly discusses domestic violence. Without further ado, here is her interview. Welcome to the podcast, Erica. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be speaking with you today. I am so happy and excited to hear all about your journey. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I can't wait to um, learn all about you. So can you start by telling me just a little bit about how you first found the field of human development and family studies? I know that you attended Kent State University and you majored in HDFS. So how did you uh, first find that field? Well, um, I started out at Kent State undergrad um, wanting to do something related to communications. Um, I've always enjoyed working with people. And at that point of time, like the easiest thing or the whatever came to mind was like communications. Um, I tried it out, wasn't a fit. Then I switched to um, business, tried it out, wasn't a fit. Then I switched to education. And through education, I realized that um, I did want to work with children. I just didn't know if I wanted to do it as an educator. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of put a pin in that, but eventually found um, a lot of interesting classes that were kind of like prerequisites to getting into human development and family studies. Um, I had a class with a professor that was all about like, uh, how we develop from cradle to grave. And I just thought it was really interesting. Um, I loved the psychology that was in the undergrad. I loved the anthropology. Um, and I just found it really interesting. So based off of the classes I was picking and based off of the classes that really spoke to me and I found the most interest in, I it kind of led me to picking um, HDFS as an undergrad. I love it. And I love a story about people who tried different majors because that was me. And I feel like, hey, at least we get a sense of a lot of different things, right? Yeah, no, it was it was definitely an interesting journey. I think I was one of those students where I had so many interests all at one time that it was hard for me to really pick something that I enjoyed. And then I got into HDFS and it was like the perfect fit. So that's why I chose that. Absolutely. And you make a good point. I actually think it's a really um, good option as a major for someone who has a lot of varied interests because the field is so interdisciplinary. You know, you already mm -hmm. mentioned the influence of psychology and anthropology, and we know that there are many other influences, even communication and business as well. So right. um, I can definitely see how that would be the perfect fit for you. And so you already mentioned how you really enjoyed like this lifespan type of course. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit more about your experience um, in the major and just your experience in college in general. Like, um, you know, what was your experience in the classes like? And then what, if anything, did you do outside of the classroom? Yeah, so um, when I was in high school, I really struggled academically. Um, I'm very much a hands-on learner and I'm very, I was, <laughs> I was never really like a math or science person. And so when I got to college, there was a lot of anxiety about, you know, what I can accomplish academically. Um, HDFS was one of those majors where it just sparked such an interest in me. And I loved the professors and I loved what I was learning. So because I enjoyed it so much, um, it made the learning process a lot easier for me. Um, I enjoyed uh, college so much at Kent. Um, I felt like what I was studying made sense. I felt like even to this day, I look back on when I was an undergrad and I'm like, I can 
specifically remember learning about certain things in class that I'm utilizing now as a social worker, whether it's like talking about um, interpersonal relationships or understanding um, different lifespans that like different developmental stages that my clients are going through, um, knowing how um, to just kind of navigate these different professional circumstances that I find myself in. And I can 100% trace that back to being a human development and family studies major. That's really cool. Um, and wow, that's a, uh, who would have thought, you know, somebody who is struggling in high school, you know, they go on to eventually earn a master's degree um, just because they finally like find that, um, that perfect fit, that kind of click. Mm -hmm. um, and you're really engaged in the work. It was clear that you love, you really enjoyed learning. It just needed yeah. to be, you know, kind of uh, the right environment. For sure. Yeah. I think coming to college, especially at Kent, it just, it was such a nurturing environment, specifically in that um, undergrad program. The professors are so invested in their students' learning. They want you to do well. They're willing they're more than willing for you to come into their office hours and just kind of connect with them. And I did that. Um, and I, I spoke with a lot of professors and I stayed after class and it just kind of further um, empowered me um, to just like work harder and to learn more. And I think that was like one of my biggest takeaways in that program was just um, how it was a, a, a push in a, in a direction to where I am right now. That's wonderful. Empowerment. Always. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, so tell me a little bit more about as you are winding down towards the end of your college experience, did you have to complete an internship? Um, also, when you were in college, did you, were you involved in any like organizations on or off campus? Did you work at all? Yeah. So um, in HTFS, towards like the end, like right when you're getting ready to graduate, I think it's like your last year, your last semester. Um, I had to have an internship and I did an internship at a battered women's shelter um, in Akron. And there I really learned more like case management skills. Um, I worked with the families there. I worked with the moms and the kiddos and um, I helped, you know, connect them with resources. I, I absolutely loved it. I think internship and that kind of like field experience is so important because it's such a difference from like sitting in a classroom and then being able to like apply that knowledge in real world experience and like that's what internships offer you to kind of just like test the waters network get get your feet wet a little bit and so um everything that I learned in my undergrad you know here I go and I'm working at um a battered women's shelter. And it was just so imperative for me to take all that knowledge and then, you know, serve these families and um, work with the kiddos. And it was, it was so interesting and I enjoyed it so much. Um, at the same time, I was also bartending and serving. So like, I was really, really busy. Um, I worked at a bar that was like downtown Kent and then I had an internship for like several hours throughout the week. And then I was going to school as well. Um, it's a lot to balance, but you know, it's what I found to be really helpful for me was being like really organized, um, keeping track of everything, um, staying on top of everything, trying really hard not to procrastinate, although it is hard when you're busy. Um, but I enjoyed it. Like I look back at that time in my life and I, I'm, I miss how like new and fresh and exciting everything was. Um, so yeah. That, that does sound, it sounds really hectic, but it also <laughs> like I can definitely tell like the light in your voice when you're talking about that period in your life. Um, mm -hmm. So that, that's amazing. It's funny. I can't tell you how many students I've talked to, you know, who bartend because it's like, it is a great option for students because you know, it's <laughs> the evenings and the weekends. So exactly. Are during the day. And um, yeah, so, so it is a great option. And I always like to point out that you really get a lot of experience just working with a wide variety of people. Um, anytime you're in any sort of service industry. Yes. Yes. I think being able to be in like high pressure situations where you kind of have to put like your personal feelings aside and like get the job done. 
Um, you have to work through conflict with people. Um, you have to work as a team. Like when you're a bartender or you're a waitress, you're working on a team and you're all kind of working to like get the same uh, job done. Um, so it was a good experience. I mean, I definitely think it helps me work under pressure and work under some like stressful situations for sure. Yes. Yes. Okay. So tell me a bit more about what your plans are right after graduation. Well, so as you're approaching graduation, you're finishing up your internship. Mm -hmm. What are your plans uh, for after graduation? And then what do you actually end up doing right after graduation? Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking back to that time. That was really a time for me where I was trying to think ahead. Um, I wanted to know, I wanted to have some clear direction of what my next move was. Um, I knew that I enjoyed what I did in human development and family studies, but I wanted something a little bit more, I don't know. I, I kept thinking back to when I was in the college of education and how much I really missed working with kids in an academic setting, but still remembering that I did not want to be an educator. So I did a lot of research about, you know, our undergrad and HDFS and like what kind of jobs are out there. Um, counseling, social work, case management. I mean, and there's so much you can do with HDFS. It's a very wide uh, undergrad. It's a very, and it prepares you for a lot of different things. So I knew that like, given how broad it is, I knew I had to like really kind of concentrate on figuring out what specifically do I want to do with this undergrad. Um, so I looked, I somehow stumbled upon like school social work. And the more I researched it, the more I was like, you know what, like, I think this is something I want to do. Um, part, I know I mentioned a little bit about like connecting with your professors and building those relationships with your professors. So I, I sought the advice out from like three professors specifically about like, how do I go from where I'm at to where I want to be? And they all were incredibly supportive and incredibly helpful. And it just seemed like social work was what everybody kind of gave me. Um, I said I wanted to advocate. I said I wanted to be able to provide mental health services and treat mental health uh, diagnosis. I said I wanted to be involved with the community and I just listed all of these things that I wanted to do and they really helped prepare me for um, applying as a social work uh, at, at an MSW, for an MSW at OSU. Um, and so during this time, I was really just prepping for um, applying to graduate programs to get my master's in social work. Um, it was it was really anxiety inducing. But like I said, I felt like I had such a good team of support backing me up in the academic area. And that's kind of how I ended up going to OSU was that I had professors who were just like, do it, just go for it. And so I did. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, you know, you did, you were serious about your due diligence. I mean, you talked to professors who knew you, you shared, you know, you were really honest about what you wanted to do and you had really given some serious thought to mm -hmm. what you might enjoy. And so then that really equipped them to help you. And I love how willing they were to sit down and kind of talk to you one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. um, and, and find uh, the best fit. It's, it's so funny too, that all three of them kind of pointed you in the same direction. Yeah, they were just kind of like, you know what, Erica, this sounds like something you should just kind of go after. And I did. And it was like, I don't know, I think about it now as like, I'm in my career. And I think about how supportive those moments were with those professors. That's why I always tell students, I'm like, get to know your professors, like their job is to help you succeed. And if not academically, like professionally and in your career, and they're always so willing to point you in a direction that you know, will benefit you. So that was really imperative for me and my undergrad 100%. So tell me a bit about the graduate school application process for you. And did you apply to only that program? Or did you apply to other programs? And regardless, like, what was the application process like? Did you have to do an interview? Yeah. Oh, gosh, I had to do so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I applied to four schools. Um, and you know, 
the application process takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. Um, if anybody is interested in applying for graduate school, I will definitely say it is kind of like a part-time job, just the application process. So um, being aware of that and setting time aside for that because it does take a lot to complete everything. Um, I researched, the first step was that I researched schools um, and I researched different MSW masters in social work programs. And I decided based off of that research, you know, what seemed to be the best fit for me. And I looked at OSU. I looked at a couple schools in Florida. I looked at uh, some, a school on the East coast and deciding what program you want to apply to is really important because that program is ultimately what is going to set you up in your career. So definitely research it. If you can find people who you know who went through that program and talk to them about their experience. I find like personal testimony to be um, like one of the biggest deciding factors for me when I'm trying to figure out, you know, what I want to do. It's good to have somebody who's already gone through that experience to kind of like walk you through it. Um, so that's what I did. And I met a lot of people who went to OSU and they just absolutely loved the program. So I knew that that was like one of my top schools. So once I decided what schools I wanted to go to, um, you go on the website and you figure out like, just like when you're applying for undergrad, you figure out what you need, what kind of items are required to apply for um, a master's or graduate program. And they'll tell you step-by-step, step, they'll give you the due dates. Um, I think I had to have letters of recommendation from professors or other professional, um, other professionals that I had worked with that have seen me work. So like, in my internship, I had somebody write a letter of recommendation who supervised me when I worked at the Battered Women's Shelter. Um, so again, networking is a very important. Um, I had professors who were like, we would love to write you a letter. And so that's really important. Um, you have to send your transcripts. Oh, I'm trying to think. You also have to have, write like a, a, a statement, like a purpose statement. That's basically like why you want to go into this program, um, what spoke to you, where do you see yourself uh, in this career of social work, what do you want to do. Um, that was an interesting part of applying to graduate school because they're, they're obviously wanting you to see how you write professionally and if you can, you know, you're going to write a lot of papers in graduate school so they, they want like a piece of writing that they can see how your style is, are you able to address everything that they're asking of you when you're writing, and then also they want to know if you're a good fit for their program. Um, and it's important to have that edited. I went to professors and friends and I was like, check my grammar, check my spelling. Do you think I'm doing a good job at like describing why I want to be part of this program and everything? So that's important. And then, um, you know, you send everything in either through their program online or you can mail it in and they'll tell you detail for detail why what you need to do. Um, it's also good to contact their admissions office. I felt that was really helpful if I had any questions or any concerns, any kind of specifics like there that's their job. The admissions office is to help people like apply to the school. Um, and yeah, that's kind of a little bit of how I remember the process being. Were you required to come for an interview? Um, I'm trying to think. I I don't think so. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think I, for the specific programs that I had to go to, I don't think I did. There's also one important thing I forgot about, the GRE, which is like the graduate uh, admissions test that a lot of programs will ask uh, people to take in order to apply for graduate school social work and this is a, again why i love social work social work um a lot of social work programs do not require you to take the gre so for me personally i already said i'm not a math or science person <laughs> i felt like it was important for me to not have to like 
take the GRE in order to get into graduate school. I just, that wasn't something I wanted to do. So when I was researching programs, I definitely researched programs that didn't require the GRE. Now some will, um, but again, social work, you don't have to be a math whiz to be a good social worker. Um, There is some science as far as like research, but you know, that's not a measurement of if you're going to be a great social worker or not, if you can do math problems. So a lot of programs do not require the GRE. And I knew that was a very big selling point for me. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, that's helpful to know too, that students can, um, if if that's something that they they know that they don't want to deal with, then they can um, research programs that don't require it. Yeah, Um, it's expensive. It takes a lot of time to study for it. And I just, I didn't want to put myself through another standardized test. So I didn't. Okay, good for you. Good for you. Worked out perfectly. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so tell me what your experience was like in graduate school. Um, So what were the courses like? Um, What was kind of the the social experience like in graduate school for you? Um, Were you still having to work while you were attending graduate school? All of it. I want to hear anything that you want to share about your graduate school experience. Yeah, no, I absolutely loved graduate school. Um, So classes obviously are are more tailored to social work, right? Like an undergrad, you're taking such a wide wide variety of classes and prerequisites and everything. Like once you're in graduate school, every class you take is tailored to what you're wanting to do. So of course, if it's something you wanna do, it's gonna be interesting. You're more likely to enjoy it. So I absolutely love the classes I was taking. Um, they are smaller classes. You're not gonna be in a class with like hundreds of people. You might, I think the largest class I had was like 29 people. Um, graduate classes are more discussion-based. So you're not sitting there and like looking at a PowerPoint and taking notes or reading um, a lot of stuff and then taking quizzes. There are aspects of that, but they're really wanting to cultivate like critical thinking. And a lot of that comes through um, discussion questions and group work and, you know, challenging you. um, Can you take what you're learning and then have a conversation about it? Can you take what you're learning and then apply it in a professional setting? So that's like a lot of graduate school. Um, There is a lot of reading. The information is more in depth, right? Because you're getting your master's. You you need to know your stuff. So it's it's information heavy. Um, I found that I had a lot of resources and a lot of support in graduate school. Again, professors, instructors, like make make good connections with them because they are there to help nurture and foster your experience. Um, So I loved the classes. I also found that like when I was in class with classmates, I see those classmates all the time in the field, whether they work at this agency or they work at this school. And again, networking is really important. Mental health and social work um, are small fields in cities. So you'll start to see like, oh, I went to school with that person or I know that person. And you'll make those connections in your graduate classes like socially. So that's that's something I noticed and I thought was important. Like now if I'm working with a family, I know somebody who works at uh, this agency and I can give her a call and I'm like, hey, I'm sending a family over and I met her in graduate school. We already have like a professional relationship established. So that was really great. Um, The classes are older students. You know, you're not going to have like 19, 20 year old people in your classes. You're going to see more people who are um, who lived a little bit of life and then decided to come back to school. So you have like all ages in the classroom, all different types of experiences, which is awesome for, you know, discussion because you're working with people who have been in the field for 12 years and then they come back to get their masters and they're also like just full of knowledge. So I learned just as much from my classmates as I did my professors. Um, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, you are considered a professional student. So a lot of professors know that like you have families, you have jobs outside of graduate school and they understand that. So the workload is heavy, but it's also like 
we're grown adults now. We're not living in the dorms. We have jobs and other responsibilities. And profession most professors I found were like sensitive to that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. So I enjoyed my classes so, so much. A part of me wants to go back, but as you're sitting here talking, I mean, man, you make me want to go back actually. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, because it just sounds like such an amazing immersive experience where you can really learn, um, and, and have an exchange with people who are currently working in the field mm -hmm. and who are pursuing the same goals, similar goals to yourself. So yeah, yeah really exciting. <laughs> um, okay. So, so did you tell me a little, just a little bit quickly about the coursework? So did you have to take, was it all coursework or did you all have like a practicum or an internship component at the graduate school level? Yeah. So um, a lot of coursework. Um, so obviously, like I said, I'm a school social worker. Um, I did have, to, I did take clinical classes, which in social work would mean like diagnosing classes. How can I sit with somebody and recognize um, different things that they may have going on in their life and then be able to provide a diagnosis and bill insurance and treat. So I did take clinical classes, which were absolutely fascinating. I also took classes that um, were tailored to school social work. So learning a little bit more about like the political climate of the education system in our country, um, learning how to provide services for children in a school setting. So we did a lot of coursework. You are required to have a practicum um, in the program that I was in, which again is an internship. Um, it was a two year long practicum. So I worked in the schools. Um, again, very, very important to take everything that you're learning in books and discussions and in the classroom and then apply it into like a real world setting. Um, it can be kind of intimidating, but, you know, we all have a starting point, right? We all, we all have um, a day that is our first day that we have to kind of learn this learning curve of like what it is to be a social worker and how, what is our style and how do we interact with the people we're serving? And it's so, so important to learn how to be a professional in the environment that you're gonna work in. So like internships are super, super important. I was um, working at this time. So I had an internship, a job, and I was going to school. So, I mean, I was doing that since I was 19 years old and I'm in graduate school and I was still doing it. So again, like being organized, making sure that you're on top of your due dates, making sure, you know, that you're also like taking care of yourself because it's a lot of work. Like you're signing yourself up for years of work, um, but it's, it's enjoyable. And I, I loved my internships. Um, through my internship, I actually got my first job. And then from my first job, I got my second job, which is where I'm at right now. So um, you just, you don't know where the road is gonna take you. So I think it's important to be open to new experiences and new people and kind of just see where it leads you. Absolutely, oh yeah. I'm all about remaining open. So tell me, so did you take one year of coursework first and then you all started your two-year practicum? So I guess it took you about three years to complete the program and you were still taking some courses while you were completing the internship? Yeah, I took courses the entire time. So uh, a lot of people will find when they're in graduate school, there's different uh, routes you can take. So at OSU, they did full-time, they did part-time, and then they did accelerated. Typically um, with social work, if you're receiving a master's and you're taking an accelerated uh, uh route, that means you already have an undergrad in social work. So I don't have an undergrad in social work. So my only options were to be a part-time student or a full-time student. Um, I did part-time because I had to work and I also knew I was going to have an internship. And for me, that's what worked best for me. So that made my year, that made my experience being like three years in getting my master's. Um, the first year I did not have a practicum but the second and third year I did while also taking classes and working. So part-time worked for me. Um, it's all about knowing your limits, what you're comfortable with. Um, 
it did take me three years to get a master's, but I know that I alleviated a lot of stress because I wasn't like constantly busy and on the go. Um, so that was what I did. Yeah. That sounds amazing. And then you were also able to work and you kind of still provide yeah. for yourself. So there wasn't that additional layer of stress. Um, in mm-hmm. three years, you know, I know it's, it sounds, sometimes it sounds like a long time when you're in college, but actually three years goes by pretty quickly. <laughs> um, yeah, it went by graduate. so fast. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about, you know, what your entry into that field during that internship was like, as you said, you know, we all have that day where we have to begin. So, you know, yeah. what was that experience <laughs> like for you? <laughs> um, it was, I'm trying to find the words of how to say it. It was definitely a a shock. I think I came into it with this idea and these assumptions of how this is going to go. And that's why I said it's important to keep an open mind because I don't think I had an open mind. And social work is one of those fields where you honestly don't know what's going to happen like ever. Do not pick this job if you like predictability. (laughs) Don't do it because you kind of have to be ready for anything. And my first job on my internship, I was like, oh, this is going to be an easy first day. They're going to kind of show me the ropes. It's going to be like, I'm going to meet some kids. No, like (laughs) it, it was, it was, I don't think at that time I knew, I don't think I felt like I was ready. I it was just, it was a lot. So, you know, you have to kind of understand that what you're learning in the classroom, right. In a very structured environment, especially in this field is going to be a lot different than when you're like actually doing it. And it's okay. Right. Like we all have our first day, we all have that learning curve, but just understanding, like keep an open mind. I think it's good to go into things without any assumptions or expectations and just kind of see, you know, where you fit in all of it, because I definitely did not do that. And so <laughs> I had a hard time like adjusting to the newness of my experience and what I was doing. Wow. And so it was at the, at the elementary school, at the elementary school level, that's where you were kind of thrust in during the um, internship. My, I actually worked with high schoolers for my first internship. Oh my that is why I don't work with high schoolers now. <laughs> I work with my little babies who are, you know, they they also have stuff going on. But for me, right, because I needed to figure out what worked for me, high school was not my thing. <laughs> yeah. I sympathize with you. If there is an age group that is um, the most intimidating for me, that's the age group. <laughs> so I totally, yeah, I think teenagers I, are a little scary. <laughs> totally but. sympathize with you. Uh, that's great advice though. You know, kind of you're, you're in it, you're in an internship, you're in even a first job, you know, you're learning so much and you have to, you know, keep your eyes open and stay open and keep that open attitude. Um, for 100%, sure. 100%. Yeah. Okay, so then tell me what is your next step after you complete the graduate program? Um, you're done with that. So, so what's your next move? So um, I got my master's. I was super excited. Um, prior to graduating, I was already looking for jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on my resume, I said degree pending, licensure pending. Um, you have to, in the state of Ohio, in order to... Um, diagnose and treat mental health, you have to have a license in social work. If, if you're a social worker and counseling and marriage and family therapy, um, I can't speak to, cause that's not what I do, but as a social worker, you have to have a license in order to diagnose and treat, um, anybody who has some mental health stuff going on. Um, so I had to study, I studied for I studied for months and months for my licensure exam and I passed the first time by two points. It doesn't matter how much you pass by. All that matters is that you pass and I passed and I was so happy. Um, During that time that I was studying, I was researching different jobs in the area. Again, um, I needed to get my feet wet. I am very, very green. Um, you'll find that when you're wanting, when you just get out of graduate school, 
a lot of people are going to ask that you have like two, three years experience and they don't count internship experience. They want you to have like two, three years experience after school, which means that like they're not going to count internship experience. Um, so you're not going to get your dream job right out of graduate school. If you do, awesome, great for you. That is incredibly rare, especially in social work. You're working with such a uh, it's a delicate job. You know, you are putting yourself, you're inserting yourself in people's lives and assisting them and helping them. And like, you need to have experience in that. So um, I knew right away that I wasn't going to get uh, the job that I really, really wanted. A lot of schools seem to have, seem to want people that had like three years experience and all of that. So I was like, okay, that I need to kind of figure out pay my dues, get some stepping stones out of the way before I'm able to apply to those type of jobs. So I studying for my licensure exam, as well as researching different jobs, I found a job um, as a community-based mental health therapist. What that essentially entails is if you are community-based, that means you are going out into the community and providing mental health services um, in people's homes. Sometimes I met people at parks. Sometimes I um, would meet them like at restaurants or just like public areas, the library, and we would provide mental health support in those areas. Um, prior to getting that job though, I, I had how many interviews? I mean, I kind of just took every opportunity. I was like, I'm going to interview for this job. I'm going to apply to this job. And again, go into it with an open mind because you don't know. And also just realize that like it's your first job isn't always going to be what you want, but if it's going to get some experience under your belt and if it's going to be a stepping stone and it's going to point you in a direction that you eventually want to be at, just do it. You do it for a year, two years, however, you're, you are going to learn from that. And it's just going to be um, something that's going to carry you on to where you want to go. Um, so my first job, I would say I didn't really enjoy it as much. It was really, really stressful, really, really hard. However, had I not taken that job, I would not have the job that I currently have right now. So again, it's just about doing what you need to do in order to get where you want to be. Absolutely. You might be the first person who I've met who, you know, you're going to all of these different places in order to provide the services. I mean, I definitely have heard of people going into the home and people obviously have clients come to them. Um, but that's interesting that, yeah, you were going to parks, restaurants all over the place. And, yeah. Um, yeah. The idea is um, going to meet on like uh so like a lot of times with, when people come into an office, there is like, they're stepping into our space, like our professional space, we're the ones that have the control. And that can be really hard for somebody to want to be vulnerable in an environment where it's like really stuffy, it's not where they feel safe, it, you know. So having to alleviate that, um, also transportation issues is like meeting somebody where they're at, whether that's their home, the park, wherever it is. And it's kind of like a middle ground so that, you know, they're not in this stuffy office. They don't have to drive to the office. And it's to kind of uh, alleviate like other barriers that prevent people from getting the care that they need. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then what you said about the um, first job, like, yes, I mean, you will learn from it. And I think that it's important to, like you say, stay open, even if it's not your dream job, even if there are things that you don't like about the job, um, mm -hmm. you're still going to learn something if you remain open. Um, and then it still gives you that experience and it helps to provide a stepping stone. I had a similar, I've been in similar situations to where, you know, a hiring person will say, oh yeah, we really were very interested in this previous mm -hmm. role that I had, you know, and, you know, had I not taken that job, I might not have gotten, you know, the next one. So I think that's always a great point and just a reminder again, to stay open. So yeah. tell me, uh, so you stayed at that job, you said, for about how long? I was there for about a year. Okay. Um, I got a lot of good experience. I met a lot of people. Um, again, I felt like it was great for me to kind of jump in and get my feet wet. 
Um, and then through that job, I found out that one of the schools I would go to to see clients was hiring a school social worker. And since I already had a relationship with the teachers there, I knew the administration there, I worked with a lot of families who went to that school. I was like, you know what, this is a really good opportunity. <laughs> I'm just going to kind of apply and see what happens. Um, and I got the job. That's and great. And yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to jump in here and say that, you know, even though you weren't as crazy about the first job, you clearly did it. You performed it in such a manner that you were able to build um, very positive relationships with the people that you were working with and the other staff members, like the other colleagues, professionals that you had to interact with. Yeah. Um, so you kept that open. You kept that positive attitude, even when it was a struggle. And that those relationships, no doubt, helped you to um, get the next experience. That's great. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's why I think I'm, I'm grateful for that experience, even though the job itself, my first job was extremely difficult, extremely stressful. Um, you know, I, I'm grateful that it was a stepping stone to where I am right now because I absolutely love my job right now. I cannot see myself doing anything else than what I'm doing. Um, so I, I'm grateful for it. Yes. Okay. So tell me all about this awesome job. Well, tell me what the, what the application process was like, what the interview process was like, and then tell me about like your daily, your daily work at the current position that you love. Okay. So, um, this, I work at a charter school and um, they are, gosh, I don't even know how to explain them. It's, it's a really great place to work. One of the things that spoke to me a lot about this job was how they are like committed to like anti-racism, how they are committed to the betterment of the whole child, not just the academic aspect of like providing them a really good education so that they can succeed. But they have, we ha I work on a team of like six social workers um, and we have more social workers. We have social work interns. So they really put like an emphasis on serving the whole child and the whole family. As a social worker, you know, it was really important to me to work for an organization that um, valued our students and our families so much and also valued us as employers or employees, I'm sorry. And I, I went out for the job, the interview process took about a month, a half a month, so like two and a half weeks, I think. Um, I had three phone interviews. Uh, and an in-person interview, which I interviewed on a panel of people with a panel of people, um, extremely in intimidating. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know, I went into it with a good attitude. Again, I was like, I'm just going to see what happens. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the, the phone interviews were about getting to know me, my professional experience, where I saw what I saw myself doing, how I felt like I could contribute, just like the basic interview for any job. And then as I went through the interviews, it got really tailored to like my overall mission and what I what I brought to the table and like what I wanted to do to the families and how I fit well into the school and like what they wanted to do. Um, my last interview with the panel, I had to, <laughs> I had to facilitate a group counseling session with fifth graders. <laughs> wow. And then everybody was watching me like facilitate this session. Yeah. And, you know, it was very intimidating because kids are really unpredictable. <laughs> you don't yeah. really know what they're going to say or how they're going to respond. But I felt it went beautifully and I enjoyed it and I had fun with it and I was very personable and they hired me that day. Um, and I'm, I'm so, so thankful to be in the position I'm in. Um, you know, working in a school, I can honestly say an interview and interning in schools, I know that not every school is like the one that I work at. Um, in my experience as an intern, working in an academic setting as a mental health professional, you know, there still is that stigma of surrounding mental health, especially with children. And I felt like in my internships, I saw a lot of like people not taking the social workers seriously, 
um, not really knowing what to do with us. A lot of times we were just like extra adults to supervise, um, you know, helping families with resources, sure. But was there ever like an emphasis on like really um, empowering this child socially and emotionally? Honestly, not so much. Um, I got into this school and that's like all that it's about. So my job right now, um, I feel really, really supported. Um, I feel like I'm part of a team. I feel like we all have the same mission. I feel like we all work together really well. Um, I feel like I have a voice in my position. Um, people look to me as an authority, as an expert, as a social worker. Um, you know, I do so much and I feel valued there. And like, that's why I keep saying, like, I'm so thankful that I had to kind of go through a lot in my career and my academics in order to be in a position like this, because um, I, I love what I do so much. You know, I'm one of those people where I wake up and I can't wait to see my kids. I can't wait to see my coworkers. Um, and it, it's just been such a great experience. That is amazing. Um, yes, I love my job too, but you're making me question. Wait a minute, do I need to go down and work? <laughs> that is wonderful. Um, the, it sounds like there is a very um, strong alignment with your personal professional values and the institution's pro, you know, values. Yes. That always, I mean, when, that, when there's a big mismatch, uh, it's just a recipe for disaster. So I mean, it sounds like you have really found a good fit where there was a, a good, strong match and alignment. And so then, yes, there's mutual value there. They value mm -hmm. you, you value um, the group, and um, you all are able to do some really amazing work. Um, yeah, for sure. It's been, um, I don't know, I feel like that I... Uh, it, it's like what you said, where your values and your morals and what you want to do and what you're passionate about lines up with what you do every day. I know that's really rare to find. I feel really lucky that I was able to um, get myself in a position where that is my every day. Um, of course, the job has significant challenges and it can be really, really hard. Um, but, you know, I just I I can't see myself doing anything else. Yes, absolutely. I mean, in, um, well, there's one book that I love called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. It's got a subtitle that I can't remember. I have that book. Do you? I, oh, haven't, I haven't read it yet, but I do have it. Oh, you have to let me know how you like it when you, when you read it. <laughs> uh, it's one of those that I keep and just kind of flip through periodically. It's also on my recommended reading list for my careers <laughs> in HDFS course. I don't have it as required reading because it is you know, it's not, it, it's, uh, it's, it's more like I kind of, I think, uh, personal memoir a bit, you know, um, so, but I do have it on my recommended, recommended reading list, but she talks about how it's basically this idea that when you're sup supposed to be doing something or you find something that, um, that you really strongly want to pursue, um, then it kind of makes the downsides work, uh, worth it, you know, yeah. um, that even though it's there's it still might be stressful at times there still might be really hard days you know it's worth it because um uh, because you feel such I don't even know how to how to put it into words but but the upsides just make up for it you know it, may, it makes it worth it it makes the push worth it yeah the up the the highs are so high that you're kind of just like you know what I can over not necessarily overlook but I can put up with the hard days and the stress because this moment that I had with this student or this family and I knew that like a connection was made or I knew that you know I did what I was supposed to do in this moment and it took so much stress and strife to get there I'm like it, it was worth it yes is there anything else that you want to share about kind of your daily responsibilities and kind of what your day-to-day -day looks looks like after you get to work yeah so um oh gosh so I, I go to work and I greet my kiddos in the hallway. Maybe I give them breakfast or graham crackers or, you know, a lot of times my kids like to hang out in my room at the beginning of the day. Nice. Um, I don't have anything scheduled, but I am busy all the time. Um, again, it's a, one of those jobs where being flexible and being open is very, very important because 
you just don't know who's going to walk in with what issue that day. And, you know, you have to be there for them. Um, I do, I work with, I worked with second graders this year and I worked with fifth graders this year. So in my position, I had the big kids and the little kids of the building. So dealing with different issues developmentally, right. Is like so vast between second graders and fifth graders. Um, this year I taught sex ed. Um, I did a lot of professional developments. I supervised interns this year. Um, I provided mental health services, group counseling. Again, with the pandemic, we were working from home for like half the year. So a lot of my support was like helping families and a lot of our moms who had kiddos at home and were homeschooling. And I would just call and check up on them for an hour and see how they're doing. Yes. Um, it is such a job where I feel like I can be my true self. I can talk to people. I can um, in, encourage and empower people. And it is the job of like the heart. You know, you can't do this job unless your heart is in it. And I don't know. My day-to-day differs day-to-day. I kind of just see who needs me or who needs what. And I figure out how to help them. And like, that's, that's really it. Yeah, you have to be very adaptable, very flexible. So is there anything else that you want to share that I haven't asked? Um, and then what advice might you have for students or new professionals looking to go into the field? Yeah, I think if I could go back in time, one thing that I would tell myself is to be patient with your own process. Um, I think I looked at, I, at the time, I always wanted to expediate the process. I wanted to learn what I had to learn. I wanted to be this place. And like, I didn't give, I don't feel like I gave myself enough grace to make mistakes. Um, I think I wish I would have been patient a little bit more with um, how I was stepping into this role. And, you know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to do the wrong thing. You are not, uh, you don't know everything and like, it's okay to admit that you don't know everything and it's okay to be new. It's okay to be green at something and, you know, kind of take, take yourself a little less seriously and try to understand that. Um, like I said, we all start off somewhere and there's a learning curve with everything. Anytime it's your first time doing it, there's a learning curve. So that's the one thing I would say is like, give yourself enough grace to know that you're going to make mistakes and that it's going to be okay. That's great advice. I, I just know that students across the country are going to love hearing um, your story and your advice. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the HDFS Careers Podcast. If you have recommendations for HDFS or other family science alumni to interview, please reach out to me at hdfscareers.com. Don't worry if they're not working in a job that would normally be considered in the field. I'm interested in hearing a variety of stories, especially if they're working outside of academia. If you like this podcast and want other people to be able to find it, please rate it and review it in iTunes or share it on social media. Until next time, keep exploring your future possibilities.